Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's third teaching in Psalm 23 called The Shepherd Psalms. The word restore is shub in Hebrew. It's S-H-U-W-B, or you could say S-H-O-O-B, shub. And the word means to refresh and to repair. And in Hebrew, it has the idea of turning around or repenting. When you repent, he restores. Amen? And God is a God of restoration. He's a restorer of broken hearts and broken lives. He restores us from our bad decision-making. He restores us from the penalty of our sins. And if you think about the idea of sin, he restores the Christian from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and then finally, the presence of sin. When you get saved, you're restored from the penalty of sin. He took that away at the cross. Then as you go on in your Christian life, the power of sin uh, loses its weight. And then finally, one day, you'll be restored from the presence of sin. You'll have a new body and a new kingdom. There'll be no more curse there. Amen? Amen. This is the beauty of what it means to have the Lord as your shepherd. He is the restorer of my soul. He makes me to turn upright. I think of that idea of that cast sheep being on its uh, back and it can't help itself And he comes along, my shepherd comes along, and he gets me back on my feet again. Amen? And I think every Christian in this room, and those of you watching tonight, that's one way you could describe what happened to you, is you were laying there as like a predator to the wolf, and the good shepherd came in, and he put you back right again. He put you back on your feet again. I have a picture in my office, and it's got Psalm 91 on it. And it's got this little sheep and the little sheep is leaning against the shepherd and the shepherd is supposed to be Jesus and he's got his staff there and in the distance up on a rock are two wolves and they're looking at that little sheep and they want to eat that little sheep for lunch like but the good shepherd's standing right there and the wolves are keeping their distance. I want to get as close to my shepherd as I can. Amen. So he'll protect me from that roaring lion. He guides me. This is now purpose. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. He keeps me on track. My sheep, John 10, 27, hear my voice. I know them and they, what? They follow me and I give them eternal life. Remember when Jesus was starting his earthly ministry and he looked at James and John and he said two words, follow me, follow me. The job of a sheep is, is to follow the shepherd. It's not the job of a shepherd to follow a sheep, by the way. Lord, I'm going to be going over here, and I pray that you'll bless what I'm going to do over here. Lord, I'm going to go over here, and would you uh, be there? No, you follow the shepherd. That's the job of the sheep. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I wrote after verse 4, faithfulness. Even though I walk through the valley. The language here is of threatening environments. Notice 
I walk through it and you are with me. You comfort me. You sustain me. Every mountain has its valleys and the best route to the top is always along the valleys. And I want you to notice in this verse, it says, even though I walk through the valley. Some of you are in a valley right now. Valleys are hard, aren't they? (laughs) Because it's painful and it's difficult. Psalm 84, 5 says, How blessed is the man whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of weeping or Baca, they make it a spring, Psalm 84, 5 and 6. The early rain also covers it with blessings. He will be with us through the steep climbs of life. Yes, even when we die, our shepherd will still be by our side. We've had some painful losses uh, just in the last couple of months in this congregation. And, uh, you know, little Leanna that we we showed you her picture, um, you know, her going home to be with the Lord before her second birthday is hard. And the the family is walking through the valley of the shadow. Uh, I've told you the story before, but I think it's worth repeating. Master preacher and theologian Donald Gray Barnhouse was widowed at a young age. He lost his wife and he had a daughter that he was going to raise on his own. She was six years old at the time and he was in the city with her after the mother's passing and they were standing at a corner at a stoplight and um, they were getting ready to cross the street and a huge truck came by and the shadow of the truck really frightened the little girl and she jumped in her daddy's arms and she was afraid and you know, They say in the story that Barnhouse, as brilliant of a theologian as he was, he just was having difficulty trying to help his little daughter with the loss of their mom. And he didn't even know how to deal with his own grief, let alone try to help a six-year-old little girl. But at a moment of time, as that shadow came by, he, he got a revelation from heaven, if you will. And he said, sweetie, when that truck came by, you were scared. And she said, yes. And he said, would you have rather been hit by the shadow of the truck or the truck itself? And she said, the shadow, daddy, the shadow. He said, that's what happened when mommy died. She wasn't hit by the truck of death, but by the shadow because Jesus was hit by the truck so that we could be delivered from death itself. Philip Keller in his brilliant book says, I was keenly aware of this consolation when my wife went to higher ground. For two years, we had walked through the dark valley of death, watching her beautiful body being destroyed by cancer. As death approached, I sat by her bed, her hand in mine. Gently, we passed through the valley of death. Both of us were quietly aware of Christ's presence. There was no fear, just going on to higher ground. I'm a Dodger fan, and uh, I love to watch Dodger games and listen to the broadcast. And Charlie Steiner is one of the Dodger broadcasters on radio. And uh, he was talking about a Dodger player who had been hurt and was on the, uh, whatever they call it, the, the DL and a disabled list. And he said, he went on to say, this player, it's been determined that they are day to day. And then he said, aren't we all? <laughs> and I thought, I'm listening to the Dodger game. This is amazing. 
Charlie Steiner became a preacher just for a moment. He's been listed the player day to day. Aren't we all? <laughs> wow. I kind of wondered if that struck some people as they were listening to a baseball game. You see, we are all day to day. But we're all going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death because death is not the end. To be absent from the body is to be, is to be at home with the shepherd. Amen? Amen? We're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We're not going to stay there. And the reason that we're not going to stay there is because Jesus walked through the, the valley for us. Verse 4, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It speaks of protection and discipline. Uh, sometimes sheep need discipline. They say the, the rod, the young shepherds would become experts with the rod. They would use it as a warning tool for wayward sheep. If a sheep was going astray, the shepherd could take this rod and at great speed throw it and hit like a rock next to the sheep and the sheep would turn around and come back. We've all seen the shepherd's staff where you kind of pull in the sheep back. Well, the rod was used this way. It was a rod of discipline, but a rod of warning. In the book of Ezekiel, it says that Israel will pass under the rod. And they say that when a, uh, a flock would pass under the rod, in this case, the shepherd would often, he would part their, their fur to see if there was anything bothering them that was under the surface. His rod to part the fur and to warn us. I grew up in a household, I've told you before, Italian household where they weren't afraid to use corporal punishment. Most of it was threats with a sauce spoon for the marinara, uh, that's the spaghetti sauce, right? And usually it was just a threat with the, but, but I had a grandpa who was known as the barber. His name was Anufrio. How's that for an Italian name? Anufrio. They called him New. But New was known as the barber, and he had a razor strap. And if you got out of line, the barber would give you the strap to the strap of understanding to the seat of correction, if you know what I'm talking about. And Grandma would, would just throw anything at you, her shoe, a TV guide, a TV remote. It did not matter. And she seemed to have special powers because it apparently could return to her holster it would just whack you in the head and you go, ah, ah, why? <laughs> I, I told some funny uh, Italian discipline stories and you guys, you guys know Carol that's part of our staff. She grew up in an Italian household and she said, Pastor Michael, you were sharing those stories and I have one. She said, my parents, you know, my mom had made tacos one night and my dad was complaining about the tacos at the dinner table and my mom took a taco and threw it at his head. And I thought, that's perfectly Italian, Yes. That's it. Anyway, and it's not just Italians, I know. So sometimes the rod would go whistling through the air past the head, and it was a warning. And, and the Lord sometimes has to give us a warning. Sometimes the rod, we've said, Daddy spanks because he doesn't want you to get in worse trouble. So sometimes he has to discipline you. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. 
Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. With a sauce spoon for the marana, uh, the, that's the spaghetti sauce, right? And usually it was just a threat with the, but, but I had a grandpa who was known as the barber. His name was Anufrio. How's that for an Italian name? Anufrio. They called him New. But New was known as the barber. And he had a razor strap. And if you got out of line, the barber would give you the strap to the strap of understanding to the seat of correction, if you know what I'm talking about. And Grandma would, would just throw anything at you. Her shoe, a TV guide, a TV remote. It did not matter. And she seemed to have special powers. Because it apparently could return to her holster. It would just whack you in the head and you go, the head, the head, why? <laughs> I, I told some funny uh, Italian discipline stories and you guys, guys know Carol that's part of our staff. She grew up in an Italian household and she said, Pastor Michael, you were sharing those stories and I have one. She said, my parents, you know, my mom had made tacos one night and my dad was complaining about the tacos at the dinner table and my mom took a taco and threw it at his head. And I thought, that's perfectly Italian. Yes, that's it. Anyway, and it's not just Italians, I know. So sometimes the rod would go whistling through the air past the head and it was a warning. And, and the Lord sometimes has to give us a warning. Sometimes... The rod, we've said, Daddy spanks because he doesn't want you to get in worse trouble. So sometimes he has to discipline you. In Psalm 139, David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. If I need discipline, 
then give it to me, Lord. The rod is emblematic of the word of God. The word of God does discipline me. It gives me great comfort when I hear it preached and I read it for myself. And there's other times when I say, ouch! It just is corrective often, but it's good nonetheless. Thy rod and thy staff, what do they do for me? They bring me comfort. Why? Because whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And I find comfort in the fact that my father cares enough about me to discipline me or pull me out of trouble with his staff. A couple of last verses. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This uh, table preparation I love because I am a cook and I love to cook meals for people that I love. Anybody else uh, enjoy cooking out there? I, I am, uh, I'm not the prototypical guy. I'm not really good with tools, but I'm pretty good with a spatula. Uh, I can cook. And I, I actually enjoy cooking, but I'm a bit of a Nazi cook. Um, when I'm in the kitchen, I, I need like about a 30-foot perimeter. <laughs> Get out of here! What are you doing in here? Don't touch that! Why are you looking in the refrigerator? We're going to eat! In six hours. But I'm hungry, right? But then I get mad in the kitchen because people aren't helping me, but I scared everybody away. I don't know, it's this weird thing. Do you know, one day the Lord's going to prepare a banquet for us. I can't take you there right now, but if you read Isaiah 25 and 26, you'll see a great banquet is coming. It's known in Revelation 19 as the marriage supper of the Lamb. And uh, if you know anything about Hebrew culture, Hebrew culture loves to eat and they love to dance and they love to sing and enjoy life. Italian culture is pretty much that way. Your culture may be that way. They like to have a good time. They like to eat and hang out. And I grew up with long tables and lots of cousins and kind of a party, loud atmosphere. And I think that's part of what's here. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The high plateau of sheep ranges are also referred to as mesas, the Spanish word for tables. In fact, the use of this word is not uncommon in referring to a high plateau or a high flat top plateau of the continent. The classic example is, of course, the Table Mountain near Cape Town, which is world-renowned. So it may be seen that what David referred to as a table was actually an entire high summer range, a place that the sheep could eat. You could apply it in different ways. But he prepares that table. He sustains me. Sustenance is the idea here in this verse. And it's in the presence of my enemies. He's protecting me. And then you've anointed my head with oil. Uh, it reminds me of David being uh, anointed as king. A balm of healing. Uh, do you know that anointing oil or the oil here was actually used as bug repellent for sheep? And so the shepherd might put the oil on the head of a sheep to repel bugs. Now, if you've ever been out on a summer night and the bugs are really out, maybe you're trying to have dinner and those bees are flying near your food or you have uh, mosquitoes out, you know how much of an annoyance that could be. And sometimes I feel bad for animals who can't brush bugs away. Well, the oil here could be seen as a repellent that things that are bugging me, things that are getting under my skin, the Lord will deal with those things. So give me a balm of healing. And finally, David concludes the psalm with a couple of thoughts. My cup overflows, living waters coming from the Lord. 
Um, that's what he does for me. He gives me refreshment, abundance, you could say. Consecration and abundance in verse 5. And then in verse 6, he says, surely, he doesn't say maybe or I hope. He says, surely goodness and loving kindness or mercy will follow me. When I follow him, these things will follow me. They'll follow me, how many? All the days of my life. This speaks of blessing here. Security for all eternity. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord or in the presence of the Lord. Here's my security for all eternity. And it says, forever. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Amen? And we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord, not just for one day, but forever. The one who's been the shepherd to me my whole life is going to guide me into that place of green pastures and running water, still waters. And there's going to be a river of life and a tree of life. And we're going to see the shepherd face to face. Would you bow your heart with me? Father, thank you for these wonderful, precious promises. Thank you that Psalm 23 is true. <laughs> this is not just poetry. It's not just a feel-good psalm. This is true. The Lord is my shepherd. And my good shepherd, thank you, Jesus, came to rescue me. Came on a rescue mission. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that the shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. You are good. And you're going to finish what you started in each one of your sheep here. And I leave you with this beautiful benediction from Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Would you receive it? Maybe put your hands up so you can receive it. Now, the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. Would you stand? And where is he? <laughs> it's like, dad ended at 818. How could that be? There he is. <laughs> hey, I did, I did want to say one more thing. If you have not met the good shepherd and you're watching via live stream or you're here tonight, you know, he is, he is truly a prayer away. But he does want you to call upon him and to decide to follow him. You know, it's, the Christian life is not just about a sinner's prayer at a camp meeting when you were a kid. The Christian life is about following the shepherd. And if you don't know him, and maybe you say, well, I prayed a prayer years ago, but your life is a disaster and you don't know his voice and you're not walking with him, follow him as your shepherd. And tell him, Lord, would you be my shepherd? Would you be my king? I want to follow you. And make a decision, maybe once and for all for some of you. I am going to follow him. No turning back. No turning back. you got to decide. you got to decide for yourself. It's not enough to go into a church building. It's not enough even to be able to quote Psalm 23 and know it by heart. You got to know the shepherd of the psalm. Amen? 
and decide to follow him because he'll lead you where you need to be. God bless you. You've been listening to The Shepherd Psalms 3, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 23. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can watch Pastor Michael's sermons and the full services with worship when you follow our YouTube channel. Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. And we would love it if you can join us for a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning service. But if you live outside of the area of Southern California or you're unable to visit us, you can always watch Living Truth Christian Fellowship on our YouTube channel. The best way to find the videos is visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. Again, visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too, or give a one-time tax-deductible donation. Please visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for the final message of Pastor Michael's mini-series in the Book of Psalms, 22 through 24, called The Shepherd Psalms. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.